0: Ooh.
1: We're back once again Is this the real life? No This is Movie Madness With me today I'm your host Henry Thompson With me today Is of course Wayne Thompson My brother and co-partner in crime Yo Also with me is the beautiful And curvaceous Wayne Madden Say hi Wayne Hello And then Danielle's also here She's also pretty beautiful How you doing Danielle? Yeah, I'm good. Nice intro. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Everyone knows that Danielle's fantastic and I just can't help but play with her emotions. So today we're going to have a special episode that's less about the movies and more about the songs in the movies. Movies that were made better by songs. And what I mean by that is not the film scores themselves, you know, like if you took Back to the Future, for example... We're not talking about that fantastic, you know, Overture by Alan Silvestri. We'd be talking about the song that's most notable from the movie, which is Power of Love. Could that movie have been as powerful without Power of Love? Could Ghostbusters have been as so memorable without Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters theme? So what songs are intrinsically linked to movies? That's the topic that we're talking about today. And I bet Madden, right off the Whoa. bat, has one in his mind before anybody
2: else. Ghost. Before before anybody else does, though, Ghostbusters proved it was the best because didn't that other idiot try it doing the second one fail epically?
1: Are you talking about Bobby us. Brown with On Our Own? That's the one. Which is that's, an that's awesome a, not, song. It's, it's a phenomenal it's, yeah,
0: song. That's a, that's a it's, really good song. It's dreadful. No, it's no, dreadful. It a, no. So bad uh, that he
2: had to try and cameo in the bloody film. It Come is on. a
1: great song. I'm going to defend it to the end of the earth. And if you didn't know this, the first like six things we've ever done for our easiest pie all featured that song.
0: If if I can just say here for a second, I mean if somebody offered you a cameo in Ghostbusters, would you not take it? Yeah, but I wouldn't have done what they did. That was so lame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> well, um, yeah, okay. Well, you know, the thing is, each their <laughs> own. Everyone's got different tastes. I would argue that On Our Own is a fantastic song, and it's a great, uh, you know, eclipse to Ghostbusters because there was never a third. It makes Ghostbusters Two, having them in the credits, feel like the last Ghostbusters in many ways to me. It
3: was the last Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. No other Ghostbusters yeah. was ever made ever.
1: Exactly. Um, and I think that song seals it, because to me, a great song. <laughs> but hey, everyone's got different tastes. It's it's a known fact. Um, Madden, as soon as I brought up the idea of the subject for this episode, there was yes. one song and movie in particular I knew would come straight to your head. And it's really? John, it's a John Hughes movie. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, of and I course. knew it would be right in your brain. What, what movie yeah.
0: song is that? Well, I mean, it's, it's Don't You Forget About Me from The Breakfast Club, of course.
1: Because mm-hmm. I know for a fine, damn well fact that Matt is a huge Breakfast Club fan. I, and I, I am, knew yes. this would stick in, you know, yes, we've got to get that one out. Now, as much as you love that movie, would it be the same movie without that song? Could you even imagine a different song taking its place?
0: I could not. And actually, I did a bit of research into this very recently and I found out that Don't You Forget About Me was originally offered to Billy Idol. Now, Billy... Mm, No, no, no. you see, Billy Idol, he he recorded a version of this song that ended up... So if you go on Spotify at the moment, you can find Billy Idol's version of Don't You Forget About Me. I have to be honest, it is not in any way as great as Simple Minds' version.
2: Do you say that just because you you heard that later on in life? Potentially, him, yes. It, yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you'd heard that before this one, you might have said see But also, one. So it's
0: difficult. Well, that's that. true, and also it was about two thousand three, two thousand four that Billy got around after his kind of wedding singer cameo. He came up with a greatest hits, and that was one of the songs that was one of the quote unquote new songs that he did for that compilation, and uh. so with the greatest of respect to him, you do hear those older vocals. It's not White Wedding era Billy Idol singing that song. So you can kind of get a feel for this isn't Billy Idol in the 80s singing this song. It's Billy Idol in the early 2000s singing this song. And I think that kind of makes a difference with certain vocalists, especially when they haven't performed for a long period and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I mean, plus, you know, some vocalists have changed their tack over the years. I mean, I would argue if you listen to um, earlier David Bowie, he's not as an accomplished of a singer as later life David Bowie. He's not as experimental or as interesting, but he does great pop music. He does great fun sounding songs and he was a great singer. But over time he became a singer's singer, if you get my drift.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I adore Axel Rose, but I'm the first person to say that over the years, Axel probably because he wasn't touring to the extent that he was in the 90s, he just, he lost the ability to sing. And it's only the last couple of years, again, through extensive touring that he's even brought some of it back. But he in no way sounds as good as he would have done if you'd have seen him 30 years ago on the Illusion Tour.
1: Oh, yeah. And I bet we could all agree that Axel Rose is a complete douchebag. So, oh, anyway. yeah. I mean, I, I love the guy, but you know, <laughs> you love that douchebag, but he is a douchebag. I mean, he's, yeah. I was just yeah. going to say some songs have been made for movies, and I think that, you know, it's iconic because they were made for the movie. Uh, the first was a jump into my mind things like Nine to Five, Dolly Parton. Yeah. Uh,
3: that yeah. was going to be my mention well, You hold just stole on. it. You, 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 you still talk about it. Go talk about it now. Well, you, you just fucking ruined it. Okay. Well, talk about it now, <laughs> <Hey. laughs> no, I just want to say that one of the things for me personally, which not only transcended through the movie but through genres was certainly nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know, it it broke down that barrier of people who don't really like country or have never really heard country and brought that to the forefront for me. And I don't think there's anybody on this planet who hasn't heard that acrylic nail opening. Mm -hmm. Can I? Yeah, the the, the opening tonight to five is played with Dolly Parton on acrylic nails to sound like a typewriter.
1: Yeah, you know, that kind of like that noise. That's actually
0: done with her nails. And yeah. I and I will I'm say I will say as well for the current generation on 9 to 5 how fantastic is the use of that song in the soundtrack to the to Deadpool 2 is absolutely phenomenal to have mm-hmm. it placed in that soundtrack
3: and it just proves it has stood the test of time as well to still be culturally relevant. Oh, absolutely. And I think yeah. that's one of the great things about Dolly, herself. Indeed. Um, but personally, I had never actually seen the movie until well into my 20s. I had only known that there was a movie associated with the song Night of Five. So for me, it wasn't. I was just going to see how- yeah, for me, it wasn't like, oh, this movie is great because of the music. It was this song is great. I should watch the movie.
2: I was just going to say, I wonder how many young ones these days actually know that that's a film. And
3: the thing is, it's such a stacked film Mm. as well. I mean, you've got young Mm. Jane Fonda in there, Mm -hmm. who was absolutely amazing in that film. And Dolly, who wasn't even an actress, did a really stand-up job. Yeah. She's an overall hell of a performer, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. One of my all-time favourites. 100%, 100%.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. And on top of that, I brings up an interesting question. How many kids today have been growing up and they hear a song from back in the day they fall in love with that makes them discover the movie that was attached to that? You know, like someone just uh, you know, be a young kid all of a sudden taps into hears Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins one day, probably from from <laughs> in honesty, probably from Archer. And they go, what's that from? And everyone goes, oh, yeah, that was using a movie. And they go, oh, was it? And then they discover Top Gun and they go, holy shit, what a movie. You know, that's got to happen.
0: I would like to think that a lot of like a lot of Marvel films, I mean, uh, one that comes to mind, I think it's Iron Man 3. And I remember um, we'd watched it in the cinema. And I think actually, Henry, it was you who said to me at the time that you loved the use of Eiffel 65. Yep. As soon as uh, I heard that opening, opening, come on, in the opening as soon scene as of that, that film, came yeah.
1: on, I lost my shit. I was just sitting there like, okay, here we go. Another Iron Man. Here we go. And then it was, now listen. I was ah! I fucking lost my mind. I was like, this and now is going to be only, good. He
3: only associates that song with Iron Man now. It's yeah. not cheesy yeah. song from the 90s. It's the Iron Man song. Hell That's
2: yes it. it is. That's it. <laughs> See I associate I always associate ACDC with with Man
1: Oh with the usage in like especially the second movie when he drops down from the from the thing,
2: was on the trailer. Well, even the first even the first one before the explosion.
0: Mm. Oh yeah. 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 I mean yeah, there's there's loads of like there's loads of different like songs. Um I mean if I if 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 I tell you that um when you'd asked me at the start of the show about uh which songs I would associate like what would be my favorites. Yes, The Breakfast Club is, is massively up there, but actually I was tied between that and another song in terms oh. of what I was going to pick. Yeah, yeah. So probably um, to steal a line from Arrested Development, the greatest movie song of all time for me is probably Everything I Do, I Do It For You. From Robin oh. Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Brian Adams. Yeah, oh, yeah.
3: God.
1: No, that is a. <laughs> do you everything I do, I do
2: it for you. It's a classic. It's a total do classic. Know, do you know what I find frustrating though? Not a lot of people Have even heard of Brian Adams before that oh, yeah. song, and yet if you listen to his album before that, it's bloody brilliant. Oh, it's it's yeah. There's
0: a, no, there's a lot of great stuff. I mean, even that that song in particular is still the third most successful movie song of all time. Well, you broke our
2: records, didn't yeah. it? it was in the charts for like twenty weeks. Yeah, they had to actually
3: take it out of the charts or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or they had to Which withdraw one? it or something because people were they they did, sick of yeah. it. Yeah,
2: Because yeah, it just wouldn't cross numbers. thing? it
0: is it is only happened twice in UK history. That they've had to remove the song. Me? No, 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 no. It, honestly, wait. Was the
3: other one Macarena?
0: No, it wasn't the other uh. one. The other <laughs> one was a song that was also connected to a movie. Okay, hold on. I'm going to guess. Yes. Guess. Oh wait, okay. wait, wait. No, I think I know.
3: Uh, it. I think I know it. Is it? Uh, I will always review.
0: Yeah. It's not actually no, mm. but that of course that was a Dolly Parton song. Before of course it was uh, it was in, involved in that in the Bodyguards. So uh, yeah, but. But no, no, it was, um, it was, I mean, do you want to, do you want to take a guess, Henry or Wayne, if, if you were to, the, one of the most successful songs of all time in UK chart history associated with a film that was massively successful. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm going to guess. My heart will go on.
0: No, ah. uh, it's no, no, I know. I know. Was that I don't want to miss a thing? It wasn't. It was ah. lovers. It was lovers all around. From four weddings and a oh. funeral. by oh, Wet, so Wet. Well, you see, oh. how would
1: I get that though? I'm in the wrong. I'm the wrong demographic to get that trivia. Do, do cool. Richard
0: <laughs> do Richard do, do Richard Curtis movies mean anything to American audiences? I've always meant to ask this. Like, well, is that
2: didn't mean anything to any audience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Listen, listen, Wayne The, <laughs> na- the nation The, pew, pew. the nation <laughs> comes together At the launch of a Richard <laughs> The nation
1: comes I was born the to be together. Together. I understand. When those four old dudes Rip their fucking pants off I'm sitting there like, yeah
0: <laughs> What, the full Monty? Yes, yeah, the- you see, he got it from Just from that
1: Yeah um, when I was When I was growing up in Florida We would go in it, My mom would always want to go see all the British movies Being British and all and We saw Four Weddings and a Funeral and We saw The Full Monty when it first came out and Shit in theatres I feel so sorry for you and Wait, weren't
3: you a child?
1: Yeah
3: <laughs> Why is she taking you to see a stripper How, how
1: long ago was it? Because I, fe- I it feel wasn't like-, like It was only Paige yeah, it, it was not, was a, fun, not a heavy yeah. rated movie It was like a yeah. I think it was a pg Yeah, but I wasn't allowed to watch it that's just because your mom was just approved. Of. Yeah. And my mom's always yeah. been a slut. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it live today. Wow. What a
0: memorable episode. So, to anyway, be
1: in. <laughs> so anyway uh, we would go to see the, a, a greater example is a movie like Braveheart. You know what I mean? Because, yes, Four Weddings in a Funeral or like Love Actually and all this, Americans might get something of the relevance and. You know, uh, we've all been in love and all that shit. But mostly, all those movies, including Braveheart, fall down to the same category. Aren't British people cool? <laughs> like, no, seriously. <laughs> growing up, people would say to me shit like, oh, man, you're getting to go to England. That's so cool. You'd be all like Braveheart and shit. I'm like, yes, man. I'm going to go back hundreds of years and fight the fucking Scottish. That is my experience of going to England. What is wrong with you, you douchebag? That's-
2: That's funny because when I went to America, all I got was where are you from? England? No, you're not. You don't sound like Hugh Grant. I do not like sound like Hugh (laughs) Grant. I never want to sound like Hugh Grant because I don't want to sound poor. Here's an even better one. I am from England. (laughs) Where are you from in England?
1: Newcastle. Next to London? Yeah. (laughs) That's another good one from America. Oh, about
2: 20 minutes from London. No, try five
1: hours. Were you from New York? Two minutes away from California? It's just as fucking stupid. (laughs) But no Americans that I know, every American I've ever known thinks that British people are somehow elevated above the class of Americans. Because Americans, despite being in the land of the free and the greatest country on the planet, all think they're shitheads and they all think they suck. Because like, oh, we've got to apologize in advance for Trump, or we've got to apologize we used to own slaves, or something. Like as if no one else on the planet owned slaves and some people to this fucking day are owning slaves. No, it's just America. Cause we never learned history outside of our 6,000 mile bubble. They'll honestly think they'll watch a movie like four Wings of funeral and go, wow, is that what British people are like? They're so high class. They just, Oh, the, the, they're so fucking cool and smooth. And they're all so posh and exciting. We don't have culture like that in America.
3: I'm sorry. Since when was Hugh Grant in any movie cooler, smooth, and not a bumbling idiot?
1: Yeah, but they like that though. For some reason, I'm they sorry. like that. Yeah. So
3: Americans are going to think I'm going to be like, uh, uh, "Excuse me, uh, Miss, can I just please? Um, I just want to talk to you." No, I don't fucking sound like that. Nobody fucking sounds like that.
2: I must admit, I must admit, I'm so happy because at one time it was either Hugh Grant, you know, Stop the idiots, or we were all bad guys. However, we seem to have like evolved. English actors are no longer the bad guys It's the Scottish actors All the Scottish actors are now bad guys That's all But also hasn't.
1: English people have Infiltrated America so wonderfully In movies that now it's not Always easy to tell who's who So yeah. many British actors Are playing Americans And no one knows yeah. and they do an interview and they go What the fuck's going on here <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw a thing I watched the first because I'm just as ignorant As everybody else ladies and gentlemen You hear it, heard it here first Fully happy to admit it. I watched the first two episodes of Sons of Anakin. I went, This show's okay. That Mm. guy's all right. Never seen him before. And Danielle goes to me, Oh, yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) what's his name again? Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, Oh, that's War That's Walt Charlie. He was in Biker Grove. And I'm like, The fuck he was. And yeah, sure enough, he does an interview and he's a straight, like, Jordy. I'm like, Whoa, that's a good fake accent. He's tricky with that accent, Hans. You know what I mean?
0: That's, a, that's amazing though That there's a guy From Biker Grove Who's, who's got himself Into Sons of Anarchy And I mean fair play To them You know to actually Get to that level as well
2: You do know I was in Biker Grove Don't
1: you? I, I did, did not know that
3: Everybody's been in Biker Grove In the Northeast. That I did man, a cameo. He was
1: only on Tracy Beaker
0: No that's right I was only on Tracy Beaker And some weird show About Geordies At a finishing school But we won't talk About that um,
3: Oh was that the one With what's her face?
0: <laughs> yes What? That's a lovely yes, thing no. Yes.
1: Here's yes. a word for uh, Americans British people often refer to people as what's their face And everyone goes no. Oh yeah them Oh, uh,
3: What's her name? <laughs> she was a model or something Who? Tracy
2: oh. Beaker. don't be stupid Yeah Tracy Beaker was a model um, <laughs> what, what was she like mother for Freddy Krueger or something No I'm gonna <laughs> kick
3: myself <laughs> <laughs> well, She was like in a she was an Italian woman, or something. Yeah. Ew the the lead in the film. It was a, it was film? a film?
0: No, a no, no, show. no. It was a the the one I'm talking about was a TV show for BBC.
1: Are you thinking Danny No, it was Danny
2: Homer. Oh, Danny Homer Tracy Baker? I think you might have the wrong film. Here. I think you have well, the wrong
1: film because he's not talking yeah. about a film. That's
0: right.
2: Yeah, it's a TV. Yeah, show. he's talking yeah, about yeah. like a
0: reality TV show that he was in. But um, yeah. well, that I was that I was not on camera. <laughs> I was a member of the production team. Um, let's. I, and I held a boom mic in Tracy Beaker. That was my claim to fame.
2: Um, and the boom and yeah, mic. So, so yeah. my first introduction in known songs were actually movie scenes that yes. I was supposed to be talking yes, about. in this please. episode. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, back on <laughs> back on
1: topic already. That was a fucking fast, you know, tangent. Well done, everybody. Uh,
2: yeah, yes, mine way. was uh, probably. Lost Boys, Beverly Hills Cop, and the awesome Maximum Overdrive.
0: Amazing. For the soundtrack, that is. A great, I mean, a, a great series of films, and actually, The Lost Boys. Um, Mr. Thompson, what do you think of, of Marlon Manson's more recent cover of of that particular title track?
2: Yikes. Well, Marlon Manson did a cover.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did a cry, little sister. This this is a bit
2: like was it Ghostbusters three? Michael Manson did a a version, did he?
0: Marilyn Manson. Marlon Manson did a version of Cry Little Sister, yeah, about you You're two... not getting
2: this, are you? You're not understand what I'm saying here, are you? <laughs> That's no, like what he's... Danielle said about another ghost, was, the only two ghosts was oh, one goddamn song. Yes, yes he proud.
1: wouldn't listen to a cover <laughs> of it, is what he's That's implied. okay. I'm that's all I get. From. From. Well, no, no,
2: no, 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 that's not true, because I did hear a cover and I wanted to claw my eyes, out, but it wasn't Marlon Manson, it was whoever sang it for the second
3: film. Oh, right. Because it was
1: dreadful. Right. I'll go on record. I didn't think Manson's yes. version was that bad, but it's still not a patch on the original.
3: It didn't God. have
1: the
2: emotion.
3: It didn't that have emotion. Exactly, no. That no. was the
1: thing.
2: That's the problem. off people forget about, it, isn't it? You
1: need emotion. Don't get me wrong. You I've do. heard a lot of great covers of a lot of great songs. Oh yeah. And Manson has done good covers of good songs, but that isn't exactly one of them.
3: He has my hot no. take, guys. Hot Be take. Ready for this hot take?
1: On Fleet yeah. My Little
3: Sister isn't the best song on the soundtrack to Lost Boys
1: No it's not No nah, everyone everyone wants the song that was
2: played by the band on the beach
3: Tim I Capello say, mm. Come on I, I love bet, a good song Did sound. you
2: see Tim Capello in the next no. film though? No He was the vagrant in Lost Boys 2 I think it was But he ended up after that film you ended up fat as hell Oh really? wow mm-hmm.
0: Do you know what uh, you, you mentioned Ghostbusters at the start of the show, Henry? And you were saying about like Ray Parker Jr. and obviously very, very iconic song. Is
1: this um, going to be about uh, Huey Lewis trying to do a Ghostbusters thing and no, trying to sue no. Ray
0: Parker Jr. and trying to sue no, Ray Parker
1: Jr.
0: N- not at all, no. Because, oh, okay, bring it on um, then. Man. No, no. What I was going to say was that on the soundtrack to Ghostbusters, there is a track by Air Supply. And That's the only right, there is. the only time that you hear it in the song in the movie is during the scene in which Peter meets uh, Dana Barris, um, and she's going to practice with the Philharmonic Orchestra, and so Peter Vakman meets her, and he's wearing that weird jacket, and he basically because apparently it was filmed out of sequence with the rest of the movie, but um, it's the only time that you hear that song. And the producer at the time, they thought that was going to be the big song from the film. They (laughs) were convinced that was going to be the main track that Air Supply were, that was the main theme that they were going to use. And um, in the end, they actually just went with the cheesy sort of song that they'd only intended to play on the credits.
1: There's been lots of stories like that, hasn't there, where they were pitching one way and it ended up going another. But yeah. so
2: you go back to The Lost Boys There was a song What's well, not even put on the soundtrack Which is probably one of the best songs In the whole film Oh wow Which Anybody, one is that? any
3: ideas? No I'm trying to think What I can remember That's on the soundtrack So Because if anyone was
1: going to get it It's Danielle She's It's not on the soundtrack music. That's what
2: I'm saying
3: I know but like I, I know the soundtrack From, from, from So from I'm
1: the
2: movie. thinking of all Yeah Think of the bit ways Of them to feed You'll never grow old You'll never die uh-huh. What we must feed What's the song At the party Oh man
1: I should know this Because I was just Watching that scene not It's even like um
3: that. It's cut Nigel Nope <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, what that, would awesome, that would have been I would not be. Can you imagine Can you imagine More dancing <laughs> around around the fire did well, <laughs> you Yeah Nah nah <laughs> Nah what song I, I, I can't, can't
3: remember Dude what this way? Yes. Oh uh, now that you've said it, yeah, yeah. How oh. the hell was that not in the soundtrack? It's one of the best songs ever. Well, the maybe they f- didn't get the rights to put it on the soundtrack. Maybe no, to say yeah, it. Yeah. Have
2: on the, shouldn't have been on the film. <laughs> the,
1: the funny thing about soundtracks <laughs> is, obviously, studios have been milking soundtracks for years as a whole separate entity to the movies themselves. Um, there's so many soundtracks that are that are full of just like. Brand new songs to try and make sure you buy that soundtrack And I used to buy every fucking soundtrack When I was a kid That's how I learned a lot of music I didn't listen to the radio And mm-hmm. um, so often you'll, you'll buy a soundtrack For a particular song in a movie And it's not even in the fucking soundtrack Because they only got the licensing for the movie Not the licensing for the soundtrack And vice versa so I remember yes. very distinctly buying um It was a virtuosity soundtrack. There was a song in the movie, and I really thought, oh, that sounds so cool. So I bought the uh, album. And while it's a great album, it is actually a really good soundtrack album. There's one song in the middle of the movie that's not on the soundtrack, and it fucking (laughs) pissed me off for years. Years and years and years. And a good example, again, is Cable Guy featured white zombies, More Human Than Human. Yes. And that is not on the soundtrack. And I bought that soundtrack for More Human Than Human, and it wasn't on it, but it's okay because it, I is. did get, you know, standing outside of a broken telephone booth with a uh, change in my pocket. So it's all good.
2: one?
1: I can't remember the virtuosity one now. It was something right before the UFC fight. I just remember that's where the scene where it is.
3: It was caught Nigel.
1: Whatever it is, it melds into a Tracy Lord song that's in the soundtrack. But the one that was on okay. before it, I've still never hunted down. If anyone knows the song that's playing before he gets in the UFC ring, In Virtuosity, hit me up. But everyone that's listening to this doesn't even know what a Virtuosity is because y'all are just wrong. And you Virtu- should watch you The
2: best films
1: ever. It is a great movie, and also one of the best ending credit songs ever with Peter Gabriel the World Beaters. Party Man, phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like it when um, I like it when bands, you know, create. Music either purposely for film, or they put exclusive songs in movies. So um, there was uh, "Wake Up Dead" by Megadeth ended up featuring in in Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. and at the time, mm-hmm. the only way to get that song was to actually buy the soundtrack to Bill and Ted. So for years, it was never available anywhere else. Yeah, um, a, f- a and- few
1: movies fucked me like that. Mallrats fucked me like that with one of the songs. Yeah, Bush. End I of. Um,
0: sorry.
2: No, I was going to say it's funny because Bill & Ted had a song on which I actually loved for a long time, and I didn't realise it was one of my favourite bands at the time, but under a different name. Mm. Which song was that? Uh, two Heads are better than one. Oh, wow. Mm. And for the audience, tell the bands. I can't remember what the band's called in the actual, oh. um, on the actual soundtrack, but their band is actually Nelson. Nelson uh, brothers. Oh wow! Mm. Uh, I believe it's Ricky Nelson's uh, twin son, twin boys.
0: Well, I um, I ended up like there's a really well, I, I say obscure. I mean, it's it's not massively obscure, but it's not a film you immediately think of when you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. End of Days and the soundtrack for that film has ah, great movie. it is it's totally underrated yeah it's a great film and there's there's a couple of songs on that including a really weird industrial song mm-hmm. by Guns N' Roses called Oh My God and the only place it's ever been released to this day is on the soundtrack for that film yep
1: yep hey going back a step let me tell you a fun yes. story about virtuosity soundtrack so there's a great song during the car chase in virtuosity that has this fantastic guitar riff and this really fun drums and it's just exciting as fuck. And I couldn't wait to get a copy of this song. I was like, "That song's fucking badass. Da, 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 da. So cool." Get the soundtrack. Didn't know it had words because obviously it was clever editing. You know, they just used like the the front part of the song and then the bridge and then the ending. Yeah, never use any lyrics. And it's a band called Lords of Acid. I didn't know that all their songs were about sex. Now, bear in mind, I'm like 11 years old at this point. <laughs> and this song comes on It's called Young Boys And it's actually all about Eating young guys semen Wow The younger the better wow. And I'm a young boy listening to this It blew my fucking mind I, w- I felt embarrassed to be listening to it <laughs> I was sitting there like Oh my god what's happening I'm being raped by a soundtrack It was so fucking weird But it's a great song You just gotta miss out the lyrics Because they're absolutely dreadful
3: so wait, think, was, uh, was your yeah. mom mad that you borrowed a CD or something?
1: Or? <laughs> <laughs> I should tell everyone my mom is not part of Lords of Acid. Don't even go there, Danielle. That was a different life.
0: <laughs> I think uh, I, I, I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, Cotton Eye Joe, for example, when you find out the meaning of that song, you're like. Yeah. There is no meaning of the song. That's got to. It, it's just a fun song. Um, okay. No. No, 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 fair enough. no, yeah, no yeah, Ruin yeah.
3: her day, Madden. No, don't, don't <laughs> ruin me day, Madden. I've done nothing to you. Just let me live in blissful ignorance. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Ah. Uh, do you have a do? Do you have any questions for us, Henry? Do you have any questions prepared? Um, in I, terms of like, yeah.
1: I do have a couple of quick things prepared today, but I was going to get to them organically. So oh, now you right. just not
0: okay. now. <laughs> I'm not even getting I'm not even getting well, to you I'm now. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry no, for no, destroying no. your flow. I suspect yeah. that. To you be just a jump fair. right that's in there. I suspect that's what's happening. This okay, is like the nine ruined to five count
1: all over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's on two now. I'm keeping a tally guys,
3: don't worry. I've got this. Okay.
1: So, anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one thing I think has to be exempt from this list is musicals. Because I think that yeah, an iconic oh, really? song an iconic song for a musical is it isn't really iconic to me because it's it's music is such an integral part of a musical not necessarily mm-hmm. a movie that i feel like you can't count it because i know Danielle probably going to bring up any minute like a elton john song or something from lion king
3: well, well would no i actually it? i've, <laughs> I've, I've nice. just got a, a a little story kind of a little anecdote if you will so it's it's just another example of the power of a soundtrack or you Know a certain song from a movie, and I mean, they want to power of love. There, that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> the power of love.
3: I thought I was really expecting to you know Wow, well, you failed so. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's one of the more recent films to come out, which was everywhere, which was The Greatest Showman. Now, oh, yes, that's a musical, yeah, there it's is a musical. A musical. Um, I'm not doing musicals I know but um, it's just part of me anecdote <laughs> Wayne <laughs> who's that Sorry. on me back oh it's Wayne get off so <laughs> um, the <It> bells <bounced. laughs> so I went to go see it as soon as I could absolutely loved it um, and then I went to go see it again for a sing-along version which everyone was up singing and dancing it was great Now, cut to a few weeks. It was, my worst nightmare. It was was amazing. I was dancing with two very butch lesbians. I didn't give a shit. Because, you know, it was just an event in and of itself. And um, so cut to a few weeks later, there's already been an album which popular music stars have done their own takes on it. It's everywhere. It's on the radio. Everyone's getting quite sick of it. So (laughs) I'm out with me, mum and dad for a night on the town. And we do what any good Geordies do after a night out, which is you go to a kebab shop. So we're pretty sloshed. We're in the kebab shop and they've got this little monitor where they play music music videos on. So I'm with me, my dad's waiting outside and I go up to the counter and he's like, do you want chips or salad? And I'm like, yes, because I'm drunk. Um, so he shakes his head. at his, And this song comes on and it was the song. This is me from the greatest showman. And my mom's like, I fucking love this song. And she starts dancing along to it. And I'm like, oh, so you really like the film? She's like, yeah, I fucking love that film. What film? I'm like, it's from The Greatest Showman. And I told her all about it. And, you know, cut to a, a few weeks later, it came out on Sky, because she's not the kind of person who would like go and watch a movie. She doesn't go to pictures. Outside of like Calamity Jane, she doesn't really watch anything. But through that one song, she actually sat down and watched that movie, start to finish and said, you know what? That was actually really good. And you know, I think well, Clammy Jane, Jane is that all right though, no, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a good movie. No, I'm just saying that's the basics of her taste. <coughs> <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs>
3: what I like about
1: that story is I think I've upset. it had an ending. So they- <laughs> <laughs> no, I can vouch I've met Danielle's mom. Um she's interesting. Uh you know that song um Shine Bright Like a Diamond? <laughs> yeah. I was at their house one time and her mom got drunk and all she kept singing was shine bright like a diamond. Didn't know mm-hmm. any of the other words. shine bright like a diamond, bright like a diamond, followed by That's randomly old, drunk British. Yes, it is, behavior. but very yeah. randomly she would go, and you can lick my hole again.
3: <laughs> Just randomly. <laughs> Okay, so you know that song Hole Again, so this by Tiny like, Kitten. Daniel's
2: mom, just as bad as your mom. Basically, yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not afraid to admit it. Uh, but no, it, it, the whole point of the story was how songs can transcend even generations and make 100%. people want to go, want to go back and find the source material, which I think is lost on you know today's youth.
2: Well
0: yes what's f- yeah, I'll agree with us.
1: What's funny is this this brings up an interesting topic about movie music, which is nowadays, back in the day, we had some fucking iconic bands were doing original songs to throw into movies and they became iconic. Um again, going back to things like Top Gun, or if you go if you go to like Seal with Kiss from a Rose, oh, with, with yes. Batman, um, you know Will, what I mean?
0: Will Will's Will Smith, Men in Black He won a Grammy Award for that It was one of the most successful songs he's ever released Exactly,
1: and then you look at more modern movies now What have we got, like, Justin
0: Timberlake Did a song for Trolls So what? Panic at the Disco covering Bohemian Rhapsody For Suicide Squad It gets yes. to the stage
1: where you go, in 20 years Are they going to look back and say anything about that? Or are they just going to go, what happened, man? I hope not yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Whereas- this
3: is the thing, the art of soundtracks Are becoming a dead art form Apart from, like, your Disney... Yes. In your James Bond movies, you don't get big releases of "Oh, this is that song from the movie." It seems to be more
2: uh, iconic when you get an old classic song coming on a new film. That's what I was I just about to say. Yeah. yeah, I was just you about get to say. So you yeah. Go, whoa, 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 Sorry, yeah, no, that's what I'm just saying. So you get a lot of people just now, like as soon as they hear an old classic song on a new film, it's like. <gasps> It's such and such, it's, you know, they get excited. Which is, I think, 80% so of
1: Guardians of the Galaxy's success with yeah. Marvel. Yes, yes. And all definitely. of a sudden, yeah, yeah. Spider Man's really into 70s
2: pop, punk music ever since Guardians got you, released. If, that's a coincidence. If you look at a lot of films, especially Adam Sandler, all 80s rock. Mm-hmm. Mm. 80s rock and 80s music in general just seems to flow in movies for some reason. And, uh, and all of a sudden. <laughs>
0: all of a sudden a lot of these bands are touring again and these guys in their 70s are still on the road because suddenly they're making more money than they did when they were in their 30s recording music.
2: That's it. Yeah. They're even signing symphonies for people. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Now here's I'm going to go like Danielle. I'm going to do a hot take for you. You're right, Wayne.
0: You joke about it. But <laughs> I you're right. No, I you're right. <laughs> there is a
1: filmmaker I think is highly, highly overrated. They have made great movies, don't get me wrong, but as far as filmmakers go, I think highly overrated. But the one thing I will always give them credit to is they fucking know how to place music in just the right place. Wait, 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 before your hot take,
3: before your hot take, if you're going to mention the thing I'm going to mention, I'm just going to turn this conversation off. (laughs) I'm just going to quit. I'm going to quit the lobby.
1: Have have you guessed the filmmaker? Maybe you're right.
3: Because I was just about to mention this. And, um, and you know what, million you are like with our fucking telepathy.
2: I <laughs> will tell you what, let's do it in sync, guys. Both years together. After three, three, one, two, one. Tarantino.
3: Oh. Eh, eh, nah. oh. okay. <laughs> <There you go. laughs>
1: no, Quentin Tarantino, despite having a fantastic set of movies with like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown, I, I personally argue, Hateful Eight is garbage. It's. Well, it'd be great if it was two hours long, and not it's six boring. hours long. Yeah, wow. great acting. No, 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 the thing is, great acting, really good writing, but with no fucking restraint and consideration to pacing or plot. It's just too slow. Cool. I like, have to
0: say, I, I yeah. So I, I was ahead. just gonna
1: say, it's like a series of great scenes that don't really amount to a good movie, in my opinion. I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching it that once. Was... I'll never watch it again <laughs> for the rest of my fucking life.
0: That was my review for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That movie, that movie oh my was pointless, God. and, and it, it looked amazing. Yep. It looked incredible. Great cinematography. I mean, it was great. Yes, acting. Absolutely terrible yes. movie. I was just, you just had no point. I was like, what's the point of this movie? <laughs> Seriously, the um, whole thing um, with Tarantino you know, made That's great. the point. The whole thing with DiCaprio and the
1: little girl is a phenomenal scene. Yes. Both actors yes. firing on all cylinders. Brad Pitt is really great in the movie. Again, top notch. All the actors are giving it their all. All the direction is fantastic. But the yeah, plot was of the so movie tempting, was, over was nothing happens. Yeah. And then the one historical yes. event that you've been led to watch the movie for doesn't is topic. changed and doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say this is like the same with Kill Bill. It's all about style over substance. Uh, but again, even including uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even including Kill Bill, he picks yes. Just the right song And yeah. just the oh, right just. moment yeah, To yeah. become iconic yeah. Stuck in the Middle with You and Reservoir Dogs Everyone knows that song from that movie For that sequence Yeah, um, What's that song from I can't remember the name of it, Danielle, from Kill Bill uh, Ooh, you What's that, what's that <laughs> song called? You know It's like Woo-hoo, Woohoo! hoo Woo-hoo, woo-hoo-hoo. that's the one Not yeah. ooh-ah,
3: ooh I couldn't remember
1: <laughs> But the second I hear it The second I hear that song I go, oh, Kill Bill The second the I hear I, it I, I think Kill Bill I That's what he's going to in
2: into Sorry, I was waiting for it I was just The way we just wag, to, wag, Well, that he's going That's bang. exactly
3: Yeah, exactly <laughs> I think it, the I band think band's called. Bill, of, I think
0: that's his nantre. Is
3: the band the 5678s? The footwits. I'm sure it's oh, like the
1: five, six, seven, eight. That sounds about right. Yeah, but the point is, I think most anyone who's seen the movie, if they hear that song, they go, "Ah, Kill Bill." Yeah. Because he, I definitely, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: He picks good, iconic, but on you know just out of the loop songs enough that you like "Misirlou" to open up *Pulp Fiction*. That I mean, was a popular song, yes. like what in this in the early '70s, and he brought it back for the '90s, and now everyone associates it with that fucking movie. Yeah. And I'll credit him. He's got a fantastic power to do that with
0: songs. Well, I watched actually a show a couple of months ago on television, and uh, they did a a scene where a group of them are walking out the door and they're going to look for part-time jobs. And they played that um, little green bag bag from Reservoir Dogs. And immediately, without even having to do anything, it was obvious that they were kind of parodying Reservoir Dogs and they were parading that scene Mm -hmm. But of course I didn't realize that that scene in itself Is a parody of Oceans 11 Until I watched the original Oceans 11 many years later
1: Because again, Tarantino The thing that he does so well is he actually takes Established parts of movies from the 1960s, 70s and 80s And repackages them and says, look how original I am Yeah Mm-hmm. And that's what Draws I didn't like about Kill Bill is Yeah, every single scene in Kill Bill Is is just a complete fucking hodgepodge Of taking stolen sequences From different movies
3: I mean, and great that's fun though I,
1: Oh yeah, don't get me wrong It can be fun but, The
3: problem with Kill Bill is People try and take it as a serious movie It's not well, it, it, hmm. it literally is It's Here's a white man's take On Asian theatre Mm, that, yeah, that's okay. that's what it is It's a parody of a parody You're not meant to Take it seriously It's a spectacle You just go along with it
1: but, We could all agree The second movie Was even crapper though
3: Yeah the through to, the, I mean, the pacing yeah. was off The through too much In the second movie The set up the first movie Saw well with the two killings And then just added Everything yeah. else In the second movie It was Yeah you know, It My was My name is Buck Trash City USA <laughs> <laughs> I, I have
0: to say I I enjoyed Michael Madsen's character. You know, you hocked a hanatori sword. They were priceless. Not in the state of Texas, man. State of Texas gave me two hundred
1: and fifty dollars for that sword. And, and yet yeah. yeah, his character goes out like such a wimp. Yeah, such a shitty Wait yeah, for his character yeah, yeah. to go.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but the the no definitely the director I mentioned um, has yes. made some good movies. Um yep. I think they're a bit up themselves, but the reason I mentioned this person is because not just the use of the song in place in the movie, it's the use of the song within the score as well.
2: Who was so, that director's
3: song? Uh, Jordan Peele.
1: Oh, yes, of course. The movie she's referring to is Us. Yes. Have you yes. seen
3: Us, Madden?
0: Yes.
1: The yes.
3: iconic yes. use of an you early seen, yeah. 90s R&B song, I Got Five on it. The way that <laughs> is played on the radio sets it up for the whole movie of that spooky overture that it has coming up in the tense scenes was just masterful.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a good example of something that doesn't happen with a lot of these, which is where you take that song and you actually work it into the movie. It's not just a song playing over the movie. It becomes part of the movie. And he did that really well in, in us. Um, one of the only movies I can think of that did it anywhere near as good is the 1980s classic Weird Science with Ongo go Weird Science. <laughs> they worked that song into the movie. It became super iconic. And everyone loves a little Ongo Boingo.
3: Yeah. Not to play on rock Even band
1: or- Don't like Ongo Boingo. Oh, not to play on rock band. That song oh, is seven and a half minutes
3: band. long. And when you're drumming to it, your, your arms go dead and you give up. Yeah. There's no getting through and that song.
0: A- And that song is also a major part of the novel for Ready Player One. It does show up in the film, but it's actually like a major plot point in the uh, novel of Ready Player One. So there you go. You must
1: be quite excited on that topic that Ready Player Two is just coming out.
0: I'm very, I, do you know, I'm, excuse me, I'm, I'm excited by it. I I want to, I want to hope that it's going to be as enjoyable and entertaining a film as I found the first one to be. Um, to be honest, the book is coming out, right? They're not making a movie. No, but they, they will follow that with it. But I mean, the book, you know, for me, the first book, uh, I said the, the, the novel is far, far superior. It's kind of like when I first read Jurassic Park. As much as I adore the film Jurassic Park, I would love to see them make a movie of the novel Jurassic Park. Uh, I'd like to see them make that movie.
1: It's very funny because before I told everyone the topic today was uh, songs that make a movie iconic, I was originally going to pitch doing an episode, different you know, books and the movies that were better than their book because there's very few, I think, were better than the book. Like sure. Jurassic Park, as Madden says, is a great movie and I do yeah. love it. But I, as a kid, saw the movie in 93 in the theater, immediately went out and bought the book at like Publix and then read it going, whoa, this is a completely different fucking story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm like, I get to the end of the book, I'm like, Ian Malcolm fucking dies? What?
0: <laughs> how are they going to do the second one? <laughs> and then yet, Yeah, and then the second book comes
1: out, Ian Malcolm's alive because he was so popular for the movie. The book couldn't keep him dead. Yeah. That's how popular the movie was. Uh, but yeah, that's an episode for a different day. Stop
0: distracting Absolutely. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You've been kind of quiet for a second there, Wayne. Is there any, aside from, like, obviously Lost Boys and things like that, you're a big horror fan. There's got to be a couple of iconic, you know, songs that have been used in horror that you think of immediately.
2: But the first one, I think is was um, Beetlejuice. Oh, of course, yeah.
1: Now, Beetlejuice, another great movie with a, with a fantastic score. Funnily enough, Danny Elfman, who was in Oingo Boingo. Um, but... I think everyone can remember the usage of Harry Belafonte's, um, oh shit, I forgot the name of the song now. But I, I know the one you mean, What's and I can the song? picture yeah. the scene. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. In
1: the Banana Boat song. Yes. And then yes. Jump in the Line. That's yeah. right. Well, Jump in Couple the Line. A fantastic yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would argue those are iconic to, you won't have heard those, kind, of, especially as a white person in 1988, you won't have heard those kind of songs that often and then Beetlejuice will have made them enjoyable. And I think that's another great thing about movies. They can help spread that divide between cultures when it comes to music.
0: And, and isn't um, it isn't it funny that I think Jump in the Line, if I'm thinking, I'm, I'm almost positive that it is, is one of those songs that's trending on TikTok at the moment where people make videos featuring that song.
1: Oh, God, is it? Yeah, why, why, yeah, yeah. why are they doing this to me? Just I don't for, keep up yeah. with TikToks.
0: Ah, it's all about it's all about social. Well, well, TikTok is all obviously about using to a certain extent music and video together. And it kind of got started as a karaoke thing. But it's like what we've been saying about the use of classic songs. So I will see people doing nine to five or I Will Always Love You or Men in Black or even Wild Wild West uh, by Will Smith, which again is kind of the underrated version of Men in Black in a set. It's weird. Anyway, um, but there's a couple of those songs that like people will now use on social media. And I think that's how the younger generation are interacting with these like 50s and 60s and 70s songs.
3: Which is wrong. They should just go back and fucking listen to the shit, and not they try should. and use they it should. in a fun way, like a goddamn A-girl.
1: I would like like to only this week downloaded Vine. So TikTok's a little too expressive for me.
0: I would like to think that when like a 17, a 16 or 17 year old goes to see a film like Deadpool or once upon a time in Hollywood or whatever they go and see, I would like to think that they sit down and think to themselves as the movie is going through, right. Let me have a think. Who, you know, who are these songs by? And then they're actually physically making the effort to either even, I mean, it's not even, this is the thing. It's not even that difficult anymore. It used to be, yeah. as I'm sure you you know, as I'm, I'm sure you guys all remember, you saw a movie, you watched the credits, you tried to figure out, hang on, what was that song? Who performed that? And yep. then you went to the record store and you tried to find out who the, the song was by and by the CD. Nowadays, it's there's like sampler apps. People are holding them up in the cinema, and then they're linking immediately to Spotify. There's just mm. you know, really? and if there's yeah. that yeah, lit- it's true. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And if there's that little effort involved, then there's nothing. There's no reason why you can't look up these original songs. Absolutely. But now, I think, I think what's is- so
1: sad. Is you've just shown your age by using the term record store. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. One <laughs> thing is the oldest thing you said. And it makes me sad because I used to fucking love going down to Peaches and looking through, flicking through new soundtracks and new hits. Now you just jump on Spotify and go, what have you got for me?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: But again, I mean, I was say, Danielle, sorry. I'm just, I was just going to say it's a generational thing with movies and music because growing up for me, um, I would make Sunday dinner with my dad. And he would play all of his old CDs. And, you know, that's how I got to listen to things like The Stranglers, The Jam, UB40. And from that, my music taste grew. And it's very much the same with movies, you know. Yeah. Parents passing down old gems and saying, look at this. This is what I watched when I was your age. You know, I would have never discovered Labyrinth if it weren't for my older cousin saying, look, I've got this tape. You should watch this. And I think yeah, that yeah. By the doesn't way- <laughs> happen now.
2: Which, by the way, guys, is coming back to the cinema. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. Oh, yes.
1: Labyrinth is a great example of a movie that had iconic songs. I mean, obviously, it made yes. more of the movie.
2: Yes. You remind but me of the babe. babe. What babe? You could not. The babe with the power. Power? The power
3: of voodoo. Do?
2: Voodoo. Voodoo? Voodoo. Do what? Remind me of the babe. Ah! God, did he
1: like fill it for you a little there? What's going I on? I was
3: waiting for Madden to chime in to get his turn in. Yeah, he just just
1: wasn't (laughs) following it. It was gonna be a
3: group thing. (laughs) Everyone had a bit in there, but
2: he was just I think he was too engrossed in listening. I
0: was, (laughs) I was too engrossed by the beauty of your performance, by your lovely voices. I was like just getting lost in that. I think
2: I've just got to listen it
0: now.
1: Going back to what was uh, said just a minute ago, uh, yeah, now that has some iconic songs that you know will have obviously been chart toppers at the time completely because of the movie and it's very different than the rest of the list where you go like, Oh, that was a great song that happened to be in a movie. You couldn't have that movie without that song. Cause it was uh, made for the, yeah. by the people in it, including. Yes. Bowie, obviously, but looking at movies that just threw a song in like what you were talking about earlier, uh, men in black and love is all around. I did everything I do. I do it for you and all that sort of stuff. I was just looking through a quick list of some of the biggest movie songs Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's really fucking depressing. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Lady Marmalade from Moulin Rouge. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a that hit, was a song. Yeah. With oversexualized
3: I mean, women ha- ha- being happy course. from
1: Despicable Me Too soundtrack. I didn't know that happy oh. was made for that. But it yeah, was, apparently yeah. that was made. It was. Yeah, that. What oh, was it? That's oh, like probably yeah. the entire reason everyone likes those fucking minions. Well, because
3: so the thing is with Despicable Me too is that Gru becomes a good guy and that song comes on because he meets ah, a girl. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, I remember like um, I was going to say you too did hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me for the for the Batman film, and I don't know that that was written specifically for that film, but I always think of Batman when I hear that song. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't think it was made for no, the movie. No, I don't think so, no. But it, but it yeah, was, it's yeah.
2: iconically as having been on there, yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: I look at the most iconic song for uh, Rocky. Oh, yes. Uh, Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the
1: yeah. Tiger. Eye of the Tiger, yeah. But, uh, now, here's the thing. I, I, read oh, something
2: about, I read something about Sylvester Stallone that in a lot of his movies, he wanted to use Survivor hits because he really liked their music. All right. And that's that's why they're featuring about three four of their songs featuring the whole He's song probably
0: made their career then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: Now can you imagine he's running up those fucking stairs, chugger, 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 and pretty much any other song on the planet plays? Yeah, is it doesn't work, it?
0: No, no, the, well,
1: that's it. Like, that's he's it. he's running up there and like fuck the police, you know, if my NWA comes on. Is it the same movie?
3: I mean the song does no. play when he's running up the stairs. It's the actual score that plays when he's running up the stairs. You're completely oh, yes.
1: right. I yeah. tell a total lie. She's completely right. That's my mistake. What scene does I of the time come on? Em, you remember better than me, Danielle. Is it
3: not when he's in the meat locker?
2: Yeah. It's one of
3: it
1: the ones where he's trained, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: I like, see, that's what throws me off because I always remember him running up the stairs as basically the end of the training montage.
3: No, because he has but two is, training montages. It, the one where oh, he struggles, why, yeah, which is yeah, Isla yeah, Tiger. Yeah, yeah. You know what, you're
2: getting confused that it's because he does run up the stairs in the actual Muse video.
3: Yeah. Ah, that might be
2: exactly why. Oh.
1: Right. That's why I think you're getting confused with it. that would be being, me
2: being stupid then. Plus Rocky yeah. Four had
3: the best soundtrack anyway, so hot take. But
2: I've had that had another one in as well from those five, I believe.
3: Which one did they
2: do? Oh, they did... Because um, I remember No one?
3: Easy Way Out in Burning Heart, but I don't think that was one of them. Burning Heart. Was ben it? Hart. They did Burning oh, Heart. No. Ah. Yep.
0: Yep. no Easy Way Out. I mean, No Easy Way Out is a phenomenal mm. song. They've actually... they used it. amazing. I know him. They, yeah. Who was that? They used that in Family Guy as well. They did a brilliant scene using that song in Family
3: They used back. it in Drawn Together as well, if anyone watched oh, that. They? Oh, they, wow. u-
0: they used it in a few things, yeah. I think, because it was
1: that iconic. Yeah. yeah. It's the
3: whole driving in the car and like looking at a photo of, oh no. Yeah. Speaking speaking of iconic songs, are we
1: allowed to even talk about, I believe I can fly in this day and age? Or does that not exist? I I believe we can talk about it
0: from, yeah. (laughs) You gotta piss on (laughs) it. (laughs) It's, um, it's, It's amazing though, because actually that's probably one example where I remember an actor other than Will Smith and Men in Black you remember that scene with Jim Carrey going up in the lift. You remember him singing the lyrics to a song that was featured in the soundtrack, where my understanding, and I could be totally wrong, a lot of films with iconic songs, the band will go and see the rushes of the film. And so like Mm. Queen, Who Wants to Live Forever in Highlander, they saw the rushes of that film and they wrote the song around that scene uh, that features that song. Whereas um with "I believe I can fly," it was like this song is going to make this film or this film is going to make this song I think well, that's so, what I was going to
1: say was I, I always remember the end of Space Jam and feeling like it's a stupid movie, but then it has so much heart by yeah. the end, and you really yes. feel that like you know, Michael Jordan truly is something. Beyond This Earth special And there's, there's The movie has a lot of heart And I Believe I Can Fly Just encapsulates that feeling so well yes. I don't know what the fuck You're talking about With Jim Carrey in an
0: elevator I was actually talking about Liar Liar Ah, Liar Liar ah. Is it Liar Liar Or is it Fun With Dick and Jane? It's one of them Where where Jim Carrey is in an elevator Singing I Believe I Can Fly That sounds like it would be more Yeah, Dick and Jane But I couldn't yeah. even tell you I think, I think it might be fun with Dick and Jane, but it's but no, I mean, I actually, to be honest, I saw Space Jam uh, a couple of weeks ago for the first time in years, and I'd forgotten Bill Murray was in it, and I was like, "That's fantastic."
3: Mm. He's a hero <laughs> of the fucking movie. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. 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 He just doesn't know how to run defense. You know, it's it's a thing.
0: So where's my Bill Murray action figure? I had Bugs. I had Sylvester. I had Michael Jordan when I was a kid. I had no Bill Murray action figure.
3: Hot take. That wasn't the best song from the movie.
0: Oh Okay And
1: the best song of the movie your eyes is Was the
3: cover of Fly Like an Eagle By Seal
1: Yep Fly Like an Eagle Is pretty fantastic The part where
3: he's training And he's getting back Into the rhythm And you see the transitions Of him making the baskets And you hear the little Doololoop Fly Like an Eagle Iconic And Seal didn't piss on anybody So there's always that (laughs) <laughs>
1: You're really hung up on this guy pissing on people. That's old news, man. Can't we just separate the art from the artist by the, yet? Are we pissing on people as art?
3: I mean, maybe in Germany, I don't know.
2: Ah, das scheißen. Going back to Survivor, Yeah one. Did you did you know what other famous song they sang? Not so much for the film, before for TV show.
0: Oh, they they which became like Glad- a
2: became a film,
0: didn't which they? Do the the Gladiator theme tune, or am I thinking, no, that's Gladiator theme tune? Yeah, yeah. With Gladiators Gladi-
3: as in Gladiators from the nineties, the TV show. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, the TV show.
3: No idea. No, they did not, because I fucking love that tune. I had it as me ringtone for about seven years. It's
1: a great song. I need to look this yeah. up. Gladiators UK.
3: Yeah. Ear watch. Oh, did they? The I'll Be Ready? Jim, Jimmy Jameson, the late singer Survivor, sang that. Right, I did not know that. Because that's an right. iconic TV show tune. With the drums and the transitions and the bouts and boobies. Mm-hmm. Everything I loved mm-hmm. about the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: You see, that's it, that's it again, though. When, oh. you're to, when you're talking about music and film and you're talking about when they make the effort for that generational thing to put good music in film. Because in a sense, it helps to widen the narrative. It helps you to become emotionally invested in the character. Whereas nowadays, it's all CGI. It's all about taking shortcuts. There's less sort of there's less emotional connection. Um, and, And I mean, I know that there've been examples in other films where you know years ago where they didn't have that connection. I mean, James Cameron made Aliens, but he was told to take out the scenes with Ripley as a mother figure, and he didn't get to put them in until later. But the point is that nowadays, whereas songs used to be, I think, part of the character's story and they were chosen for a reason, now it's just like, well, who's who's a big star now? Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears. Tell you what, why don't, why don't we give them a song? Put them on the soundtrack. Yeah. It'll yeah. sell millions. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. You and panic panic you what,
3: I tell you what shows that more than anything is Bond yes. themes. Yes. You look yes. at Bond oh, themes early on, you can hear a song and go, right, that is from Goldeneye. That is from License yes. to Kill. Yes. And it tells the story of James Bond in the movie. And then we get yes. Skyfall. Like, what the fuck, bitch, the sky's fallen. So what? What about James
0: I tell you, you could do you could do an episode of Movie Madness solely on James Bond. It is a phenomenal sort yeah. of friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Well,
3: here's a question, guys. What's your favorite Bond theme?
1: Oh, for me, absolutely hands I know down. what yours is.
3: I know what yours is. <laughs> it's the cheesiest motherfucking bond of theme. Of course, it's of the all cheesiest time. one. <laughs> okay.
1: Go on, Daniel. What's my favorite?
3: His favorite is a view to a kill.
2: You're fucking oh, right it is. What this. a song. It's amazing. What a song. It's either Video Kill Living Daylights. Come on.
3: Right. The
0: Living Daylights. <laughs> another, the mm. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go slightly earlier. I'm gonna go with Carly Simon. Oh. I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with the uh, the spy who loved me. Absolut i I love that song. It's phenomenal. Good picks, good
3: wow. picks, good yeah, picks.
2: Yeah, really you good tell picks. you a guy who did some good uh, soundtracks back in the day. And he did a couple of songs for an absolute phenomenal film in the early nineties, I think it was. Mm. Bruce Horns being arranged on backdraft.
0: Mm. Yes. Oh yes. Them yes.
2: two songs just really are so powerful. It's unbelievable, it, it, like you said, it's part of the film. It makes the film. Yeah. It's good.
0: Danielle, did you pick your your favorite James Bond song? I'm very curious.
3: I, I already mentioned it, but it is um license to kill.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Oh, excellent. Excellent.
1: Now here's a really good one for you. Yes. Now the you know, you are talking about such an iconic thing. There've been twenty twenty four plus movies as well as the spin-offs. Yes. Of the official twenty four James Bond movies, pick your
2: least favorite theme. Skyfall. Adele Skyfall.
3: I just don't if like I've it. I've got
2: to be honest, I don't know half the last eight or nine.
3: Oh, wait, no, sorry, die another day. That was terrible it was madonna or or tune just going die
1: another day that was no admittedly i i do think yeah i do think madonna's was pretty shit i i i um, think
0: yeah one of the more recent ones i mean even sheryl crow and garbage i enjoyed their their I particular. love Garbage's yeah. garbage yeah. is, i
1: got to be that would be like my third or second pick in yeah. honesty yeah
0: but no i i would have to say probably one of the more recent ones um yeah i for me 100%
1: One thousand hundred percent, not just because I hate the person anyway and think that everything they do is garbage, but because it doesn't to me in any which way feel James Bondy. That's the main thing. Even if it's a song I don't like, if it feels like James Bond, I'm in it. Like even down to I wasn't a huge fan of Chris Cornell's for uh, Casino Royale. With you know my name. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it felt it felt James Bond enough yes. that I was like, okay, I'm there. I'm still with you. Sam Smith writings on the wall for Spectre. Uh, I no. was just like, dude, why do you have a how do you have a career? How? <laughs> yeah, you can make noises with your face. That's all you can do. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you're a fucking singer. he Well, technically it's who is who are. Who are they? they? Because he's gender non binary. So, yeah. All
3: right.
1: It has made a huge deal about being referred to as they or them only. But who is it? Oh, oh,
2: I, shoulda, I have no idea who, said who you're talking about. If we we'll stop that, what I'm, I'm say, yeah, oh, thinking. the singer Sam Smith, right? they came you don't on know the past five years,
3: Wayne, so you don't know them. <laughs> I, yeah, bro,
1: yeah. I thought you were. I thought he was making fun, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm being <laughs> actually genuine. I have no idea who you talking about. No, the about. thing is,
3: I think that they are a talented singer. They do have a really good vocal range. They have a good tone. But it's they haven't got a big enough voice for a Bond theme, I'm sorry. To me, a oh Bond theme God. is about that big, elevated voice with the big band in the background. The overture in yes. their yes. song did not have any of that.
1: It was one I'm note. i just... I'm just gonna jump in a second to say, doing my little research here, looking through all the James Bond themes. All of a sudden, I've gotten to this is like a list of the the 24 best Bond themes. Okay. And they've listed they've listed "Live and Let Die" as number one.
0: And now, which is be, a great track. I'm, not, great gonna heart, I'm I mean, not gonna shit on it. It's not the best, yeah, but true. it's a great
3: song.
1: But it's, it's, uh, it's uh, forgettable. Funny Who I mean, spy Who spy was number two.
3: But- oh, that's really? okay.
1: Yeah, and Goldfinger number three. Yeah, okay. But See, now here's is, the shocker: It's
2: an okay song? That is, it's so annoying when you hear it so often. Mm.
1: Now wait for it, though. Here's the bit where I might change my my whole views on Sam Smith here. Uh, number four on this list is the theme for No Time to Die, the newest James Bond movie. I never actually listened to it. I've no, I've it. I've not heard. Didn't that, even no. know who did it until this minute, and it's Billy fucking Eilish. Oh. Billy Eilish girl. is like this 16 year old girl who makes songs for 16 year old girls no, that no. men pretend to like. Now, yeah, if you, you never heard that song, man. You know, man. Yeah.
0: Oh, is that who that is? Okay, that's, that's Billy that Eilish. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can you believe he knew what that was
0: from my fucking joke?
1: That's <laughs> how it, bad that song because is. Because
3: it was a fucking meme, dude. It, it's, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, if and you'd have said Billy thing. Idol, I would have been like, bloody hell, Billy Idol's doing a James Bond team, amazing. You know, but- you made me very early because I've got a clue you talking about. You don't want to know this one, Wayne. No, exactly. In fact, exactly. in some exactly.
1: ways, you just don't even need to look at a radio or what's a new thing on Spotify for the rest of your life.
2: It's all want, coming down me. to shit now, man. Trust me, I don't. I've never done that for the past 10 years. And this is well, the thing, right? Yes.
3: If you look at the top 20 in the UK, can you spot anyone on that list over the age of 30?
0: I would have to look at the list, but I'm going to harbour a guess and say no. Uh, mainly because, yeah, I, well, I I read an article um, in The in the Guardian a couple of years ago that said that when you get to a certain age, which scientists say is 35, when you reach the age of 35, you no longer listen to new music. You no longer care at all. That's
2: not true. That's okay. not true. No, sir. Well, because I, I listen to a lot of new bands, but I've got a certain genre that I listen yes. to. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, I love hunting
1: out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I stick to lot of the classics that I personally really enjoy. But I love finding new music I like. I think it's, it's less so that as you get older, you're unwilling to hear new music. It's that the breadth and scope of the amount of music you've heard in your life is now so vast, you're narrowing down your interests. And especially modern music, you know, if you're not a pop fan, for example, there's going to be a lot of music out there you don't like because that's all that people push. You know, you know, yeah, long- I mean,
0: yeah,
3: as a sort of rock main, if you would like to call it that, the last time I remember a rock song getting into the charts was Sex on Fire. And how Gee, many years ago years was ago that? Now yeah, well. how many years ago was that? So, it's gotta be like 2006
0: know. or four. Uh, I, th- I think I want to say it was around two thousand and nine because I remember it being a very big song when I lived in Edinburgh, and that would have been two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. I want to say around that time frame, a long, a long time ago. though.
1: Yeah, and when you're a kid and you're discovering stuff, you're hanging out with your friends at school or wherever, you're all sharing music back and forth and all that crap. Well, oh, now. Yeah. Kids don't do that no more. They just listen to what's yeah. on Spotify or whatever. And even as adults, we- you're, you're not going to go to work and go, oh, buddy, uh, co-worker in this other cubicle. I heard this fucking great rock song last week. You go, no, get out of town. I saw this great rock band last week. Even that doesn't happen that much because we just, just do share a, as
0: much as adults. Just a small, Just a small correction there. I can now no longer ever do that, even to the person sitting next to me. Because for the foreseeable future, I will probably be working at home. They will probably never bring us back to the office. Really? And I will, I will never. Side effect be going, of the pandemic, eh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Someone yeah. figured out it's cheaper never... to, be to work from home than pay for an office. That's
0: weird.
3: <laughs> Winky dinks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what a fucking job ch- that is. Who Damn knew? Damn that accountant. I know. Damn that. Does accountant. that mean you're going to get paid extra for using your own
0: electric? um probably not no because you wouldn't um, use but, it if
2: you went at home would you be using well now? that's
0: a, that's a fair point the um the contract uh, the, the contracts are apparently going to be redrawn at some point so at the moment where because the contracts actually say that you have a workplace and obviously mm-hmm. you go to that workplace so it's going to be a case that uh eventually we'll all be given an option of you can have this new contract, which you can sign and continue your job, or you're absolutely free not to sign it. But if you do that, you don't have a job, and so it's really up to yourself. Um, so yeah, that's that. But it's it's weird though in a way because um, yeah, I'm now in a situation where you can't even turn to the person next to you at the call center or on the phone in the office or whatnot and go, Hey, you know, what's going on there.
3: And even like in office workplaces, people fight over the radio. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to me where like, I'll put on like absolute radio because it plays a good variety in my eyes, of a bit of everything. And then someone will go, can I not put capital on because I want to hear dance monkey again and then I bitch slapped him and then I get a fucking disciplinary and here I am how do you even manage
2: how do you even manage to talk about though when all these face masks on you talk some of people (laughs) see him
1: Madden just out of curiosity now that you're working from home has that greatly affected your daily commute when it comes to work? I mean, as a sex worker, weren't you working from home a lot anyway? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yes. But I mean they I paid less for of, calls, I guess. I, I had the <laughs> option of going to other people's homes and, and now that's been taken away, you know. I could I could go and visit them and I could have a chat and you know, now it's just it has to be here or nowhere else. So it's a bit, it's a bit depressing in that way, to be honest.
1: I really like that you continued with that. Thank you. Yeah, that so do I. that's okay. I'm that's really, okay. really That was very okay.
3: gracious. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> now, this Actually, is how gonna... much
1: he's grown as a person. When I first met him, if I made a joke, I he'd go, "Oh, for God's sake!" Yeah, no, it'd, no, it'd no. Now, like, oh, no, 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 But now he's like, Hank is making a funny. I know. No one <laughs> um, really I, thinks I'm a sex worker.
0: If um if I can uh, if I can interject slightly because um I was reminded you when you sex were better? sorry no no sadly not uh, I'm sorry um but when I was uh, when I was you were talking earlier about like uh, characters and emotion through music and through film yeah, yeah. and uh, I, actually I have to say that one of probably the most recent examples where I have seen a film where a song has been used, an older song that's by an established artist, has been used to establish a character. Mm. Um, And you'll have to tell me who this character is and remind me, but it was the scene in Kingsman 2 where the Scottish gentleman walks to his death singing John Denver's Country Roads, which is an absolutely phenomenal scene in terms of his character and how he goes out in that film. Now that
1: was I can't actually remember
3: his name, but yeah, he's like he takes over Colin Firth's role a bit in the second film, doesn't he? Yeah, yes.
1: it's Mark yes. Strong's the uh, actor. Uh, yes. I can't remember his character name because he was kind of a forgettable guy up until that death. Yes, and, and that's the thing. It's you yeah. I fucking love the Kingsman movies.
0: It was a you know, it was good fun. It was it was a bit of a laugh. But it's it's funny, we, we took a break there briefly um in this recording. And um, I went outside and my other half, Lindsay, was watching television and Gordon Lightfoot, who's a Canadian singer-songwriter, his song, If You Could Read My Mind, was playing, which is a song from 1971. Mm. And I was like, hold on. I said, "I, I know that song. It's, you know, it's If You Could Read My Mind. This has been on for years. But actually, it wasn't Gordon Lightfoot's version. It was two drag queens lip-syncing on RuPaul's Canada to a disco version of that song, <laughs> and I wait, was wait, like, wait, "Wow,
3: wait, though, who sashayed away?"
0: <laughs> I I neither cared nor took enough time to, to but wait. They were lip-syncing to the
3: for their life.
0: They were lip syncing for their life on RuPaul's. I, it's the Canadian version that they um, have on Netflix now for some reason.
2: I think I'm on the wrong show because I still have more clearly. <laughs> <on the television. laughs>
1: now, here's a question for everybody, um, yes. including the audience. If anyone Ooh. would like to actually get in touch and leave a message about it, I'd love to know what people think. What is your favorite usage of a song in a movie Ever. Um, if you had to pick just one song, a licensed song that was in a movie that just rose that movie above the other angles. I mean, I can think of two off the top of my head immediately that elevated their movies exponentially by using a licensed song. And the one I'm going to pick is my favorite is when they all sing Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. if they yeah. just sang just about any other fucking song in history, it would not have been as much of a successful movie, nor would it have been a pop culture icon that everyone knows that scene. And
0: Still I don't know if you're aware of this, movie? but they had no permission to do that and were afraid really? they'd be sued. Yes, they were they were genuinely uh, Michael <laughs> my, <laughs> they said afterwards they had absolutely like no permission to do that. And um, basically, put it in the film, and they ended up getting a letter from Queen's lawyers, and ah. they were like, "Oh my god!" And and at this time, they were like, Freddie had passed away, and they were like, "Okay, who would it, who is it? Who's writing to us?" And so Brian May basically said, "Look, I just want to say I've seen the film, and it's amazing. You guys are are amazing." And actually, Brian May did the same thing with Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice sampled this, didn't have permission. Brian May sued him, but only because the record label made him. And in the end, Brian May ended up actually giving some of the rights back to Vanilla Ice because yeah. he was like, I really like what you've done with the song.
3: And Brian May is a massive dickhead.
1: That's probably <laughs> the first and only time Vanilla Ice was complimented on a song in his entire career. Well done. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, do you have a favourite you can think of song moment in a movie, Danielle?
3: Um, I would have to go back to a classic, which is probably one that's going to be a, a popular one, which is a bit weird for me because I'm usually quite niche. Unique and niche, yeah. I am. I, I am a unique snowflake. Um, it's got to be The Wizard of Oz when she sings mm. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It has Rainbow. such emotion to it and in, in her voice is so iconic that no cover will ever replace it, no matter how many has been done. By however and many there people There has
1: been some fucking great covers of that song the, as yes, well Yes, ha- Eva Cassidy the original. did original. really wow. good
3: Yeah, but Judy Garland's version In that movie, mm-hmm. in that time It was just a moment in time in that movie Where you just sat silently and watched
1: Yep, that's a really good pick Wayne, do you have any uh, song in a movie moment That really gets you going? Do you think is just perfect? Hudson Hawk <laughs> is this gonna be the fucking um Would you like to do swing on a star? star? <laughs> yeah. Or would you rather be a fish? Exactly. <laughs> <That's> a <fucking laughs> great song. <laughs> great movie moment as well. That's God, like no one even listening knows what a Hudson Hawk is, I nope. bet. And it's <laughs> suddenly sure.
3: now, now forgotten I know what fucking classic from. is. Because yes. literally everything I say to Hank, uh, you know, I'll ask, "Can you put some washing in?" And he'll just reply with, oh, would you're rather big." <laughs> your yeah, for years I've done I that. Say. For like, and I'm like ten what years. Is that from?
1: <laughs>
2: and now, now she I knows,
1: know. man. You've, you've ruined my mystique. <laughs> she thought I created that. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. That's okay, man. It's a anyone who hasn't seen *Hudson Hawk* is a fantastic movie. That was a huge failure when it came out because people just weren't ready for a movie that did not take itself remotely seriously. Such a good cast as well, though. Ah, oh, it's a great cast. I mean,
2: what Brad Bruce Willis, Daniel Ayalo, um, Andy McDowell. Yeah, it uh, was the even David Caruso, wasn't it?
1: Yep. And then the, the, main, the villains is um, I'm trying to think of his name, the main bad guy. Well, he was recently in. Uh, oh, I always forget his fucking name as well. He was recently in uh, Logan. As one of the villains
2: Old British actor Ooh, Skinny guy yeah. What's his What's his fucking name again? Richard E. Grant Oh, Richard E. Grant No, i to say I wasn't thinking of Richard E. Grant But yes, Richard E. Grant Yeah, Richard E. Grant As well as uh, Sandra Bernhard I was thinking With James Corbin James Corbin Is the one I was thinking of
1: Ah, uh, Wait, when James Corbin Oh, right That makes but James, that James sense. Coburn.
2: But did I fucking you know, forgot That
1: James Coburn was in that Jesus
2: did you know in that film is a brother of a really, really famous actor?
1: That would be Stallone.
2: Frank Stallone. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. But I love that film. It's just brilliant. When, it came, when that first came out and I heard it was a flop, I was like, why? It's fantastic.
1: Again, I don't think people expected, you know, the guy from Die Hard and Moonlighting and Blind Date to do something slapstick. so slapstick. The movie is super duper looty tubes at times. But yeah, what a classic, man! Do you have a favorite? Did I already ask you? I don't think you I didn't. You haven't. I didn't no. think I did. you have not i did not think i did let us
0: bring it on, son. If we if we can include musicals, um, I ah. would say okay, okay. <sighs> if we if we can't, that's absolutely fine. Let's hear your musical think, and your non-musical. Go on. Okay, the musical would be science fiction double feature. Would be the opening number for the Rocky Horror Picture Show,
1: mm. which I've
0: always adored yeah. as Good as a you know. Yeah. Um, the non musical would be a little bit abstract but it's it's peter McNichol and ron atkinson as mr bean and they're wandering home drunk in the mr bean movie singing yesterday by the beatles which i always like <laughs> found as like a really funny scene mr uh, bean what, sang uh, yeah 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 mr i mean er, it's in mr. like bean. it's in, obviously it's in like a parody or in like Just a really like, like comic way.
1: Yesterday.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Niggles,
2: he's an actor who always <laughs> blows my mind because you know how like quirky he is and how yes. he is. To think he was in such an action film for his first ever film. Like uh, he was, he was like yeah. That's that's yeah. Well, actually, I was going to try this. Peter no, McCoy. I was going to
0: agree Who? with you until you said the Peter word hero. Peter McNichol. Oh, Peter Oh, McCoy. sorry. Sorry, I
2: thought you meant Ron Atkinson, I'm No, sorry. no, Peter McNichol. You know how quirky he is now, like, he's always like yes. a bum, an idiot. and an idiot. Even in Ghostbusters 2, he was like this massive yeah, fool. To yeah. think his first ever movie, he was like, do you know when you got these fantasy films with all the heroes? He was the hero in this fantasy film. Oh, wow, Very, okay. Well. Dragon Slayer.
1: And yet, I think most people don't even know who Peter McNichol is.
2: I know. Shame because he is a good actor.
1: And I'll tell you if I had to pick I'm just looking at his filmography. If I had to pick my favorite movie that he's actually in, it's a movie that no one ever remembers. No one's ever seen. And It's it's a fucking great movie man. Everyone should watch it. Radio Land Murders.
2: I'm I'm going to look that up. He's one
1: of the writers in Radio Land Murders. Okay. Yeah. It's like 1994.
2: Yeah,
1: I know which one you mean. Brian Ben-Ben is the
0: George
1: Lucas one. God, was such I mean, a, I was a gonna,
0: good movie. It was such a he's
1: huge did flop. Some, he's
2: did some classics.
0: I was going to say, bringing it back to, uh, to James Bond uh, that we were talking about earlier, there's a Ron Atkinson connection, of course, with James Bond. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, Ron Atkinson was the kind of, you thought he was a good guy, but he turned out to be a villain. He was a double agent in Never Say Never Again, which was the unofficial was, Sean Connery Bond. I was just
1: about to say, technically, that's not a Bond movie,
2: <laughs> <laughs> even
1: though, even though yes. Sean Connery's in it and he plays James Bond, it is not part of the official canon. He did that for a different company, not the R, not the Broccoli. Company. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. While they were it's off still with a good some story, other guy, though. Hey, that's yeah. actually my favorite Bond movie of all time. If it was canon. Oh, fair enough. I okay. love Never Say Never Again. Oh, it's a great film Yeah Yeah, it's gr- probably The best Bond movie But Because it's not canon I can't really say that No What's yours and Hank? What? Music uh, bleh, Scene with a mm-hmm. song I yeah. already told you It was Wayne's Oh, World. yours was
2: Wayne's World, Wasn't it?
1: But I could pick another one
3: It's not yeah, like there's no. not A million
1: ones that yeah. you can pick I'll,
3: I'll pick one for you The end Hold of Fight Club
1: You know what? Everything's gonna be okay Boom Yeah, that's <laughs> What about the ending of Life of Nah, because... Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've seen so many people do Monty Python better than Monty Python now. Like Mr. Show. Mm. Hey, which, by the way, everyone who doesn't know, Mr. Show was a comedy show that <clears throat> ran from 1993 to 1997 or 1998, one or the other. Four seasons, Fantastic sketch comedy show Where every sketch Interlinked to the next sketch Hosted by uh, David Cross And Bob Odenkirk But their ancillary characters Were all played by people Who became famous comedians Tom Tom Kenny, Kenny Who's the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants Among other things Um Brian Poisson Was a great character In it John Ennis Um Fucking uh, James Johnson, fantastic people Jay Johnson, sorry, fantastic people, fantastic show Discovered Tenacious D and Jack Black on Mister Show And they gave them a spinoff And Sarah Silverman gave them a spinoff to do a Tenacious D TV show It's an iconic piece of TV history That up until like last month Just disappeared into the ether Only fans and cultists knew it But now everyone can watch it for fourteen ninety nine a month, because it's on HBO now. Amazing! And everyone Amazing. should try the trial of HBO now to watch the four seasons of Mister Show. I, I'm
0: and I'm then totally tell me how that. fucking
1: thankful you are. Thank come you can Get feel like? Can we? Well, I can. You just need a VPN. <laughs> get a VPN, oh, yes. everyone. Yeah. I'm not going to recommend it's... a particular one because I'm not sponsored by any. Wink, nudge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but oh, there's a VPN called Wink Nudge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That that old VPN, Wink Nudge, use them. That's that's the
3: type in promo code Movie Madness, get thirty percent off. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey yeah. Hey, 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 <laughs> wait till that's <laughs> official. Don't listen to her. We're still in negotiations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> VPN people, give me money. <laughs> well, that's I think this it. has what, been uh, a lot of fun, guys. What do you guys want to go into anything else before we start to wrap
0: this bad boy up? The only final thing I was going to say, speaking of Bob Odenkirk, was uh, uh, Better Call Saul. The very last episode of the most recent season, there was a scene in which he's wandering through the desert and he's wondering whether or not to drink his own pee. And the use of music in that particular scene, the beat, which is what Eminem sampled, uh, Eminem sampled the same beat, but it's the original song. And it's just so well done, the music in that mm-hmm. particular scene. And it was the first example, I think, I've seen in a while, especially on television, where music was used in such a, a positive or such a, a great way with a television show. But there you go.
1: Well, Vince Gilligan's always been good with music choices as well. Uh, if you think yes. all the way back to when he was doing Breaking Bad, um, I remember very distinctly season two, uh, Breaking Bad, he's starting to become Heisenberg, he's bald now and all that other shit. And he sees a couple of guys buying obviously meth gear at a hardware yes. store and he kind of laughs it off and tells them, you know, you're doing it wrong and they all run away scared. And at first he's like, "Ah, that's funny." Then he thinks, "No, they're on my turf." And all of a sudden the song DLZ by TV on the Radio comes on yep. and it's such a fantastic dark driving song it could easily be a fucking theme song to him as a character as he walks out and warns them off his territory. But that's a licensed piece of music that they found and said, yeah, let's use that. Great usage of a song. You know, while we're on the topic of TV, very briefly, and I was just going to say that. Oh, you were going (laughs) to mention, were you you going to mention The Shield? I was just,
3: I was going to mention, I was going to mention The Shield, among other things, but the main Ah. thing I was going to say is that famous TV themes that use songs and the one that comes to mind for me immediately is the Sopranos.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which got a gun,
1: up this,
3: yeah walk up, have you listened to any of that band?
1: Oh, the, every that song? song should be called not woke up this morning.
3: It, it's like listening to diarrhea.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not amazing listened, how that one song that, is so yeah. good.
3: That one song, every time I listen to it, when I'm like walking to work especially, I'm envisaging myself in a car with a cigar with sunglasses on just driving (laughs) through fucking Jersey, man. It's amazing how a music can put you in that moment.
1: Oh, hell yeah. And if you look at something like Mad Men, the intro to Mad Men using RJD2's uh, uh, Magnificent City, if you listen to his music, that's like his least good fucking song. Right. But it became an iconic intro to that show. Um, No, what I was going to bring up real quick, because it's very unique, uh, is The Shield, the TV show that um, was on FX, the first original FX programming. I'm not a cop show fan, but The Shield is still to me the best written seven (coughs) seasons of a TV show ever in history. And the way they developed their characters and everything was just fucking phenomenal. But the reason it's worth bringing up is they had a rule on the show that they never actually play songs over the scenes. If there's music, it's like a TV or a radio in the background and all the scenes are quiet otherwise. But every once in a while, normally once every six or so episodes, they would do a, mo- a montage and the montage would have a song chosen for it. Yeah. And oh. every one of those montages became like something special because it was so rare you would see it that it would just automatically give so much life to a scene. The one that really um, hits me is in, I think it's season three, it might be two, they have a montage with um, All My Little Words by Magnetic Fields, which is off the album uh, 69 uh, Love Songs. And God, it's just beautiful and epic and emotional and incredible. And they tell more with that song and the imagery than they could with dialogue. And very few shows have ever done that, I think, where...
3: I'm going to disagree with you on that one They delayed one more I've, and
1: waited and used it to such high effect. Go on, disagree with me.
3: I think the better one is the one of the use of Breakdown by Tantric. Oh,
1: Tantric. That is where, it was a phenomenal sequence. I'm not going to lie to you, yeah.
3: Basically, it shows the actual mental struggle and breakdown of the main character and how they flip that switch from being on the right track to being on the completely wrong side of the fucking street. And that song just fucking hammers at home.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and they did use it perfectly. Yeah. Again, much like I recommended the Shield, uh, the Mister Show. If anyone hasn't seen the Shield, single best written TV show I've ever seen, always leaves me just feeling incredible when I watch it. Best seven. You know I of the had to, ever. right? It was my favorite too. Ah. Oh. <laughs> This is references. You'll get it when you watch it. Season five, yeah, season seven, us. the most heartbreaking episodes of TV shows in the history of TV shows. We should have a little separate little fun show, TV Madness. But then, God, we've just when the fuck would we get out with the rest of our lives and actually making movies? We'd be fucking filming these shows all the time instead.
0: Oh, that's fine. You'll become famous doing this. You'll get all that money from the VPN sponsorship. You'll make a fortune. Everyone's Yeah, happy. I'd
1: rather make money off making the movies, man. That's what we do originally. You In case make, y'all don't
0: know, we actually do make you can movies. Make, you That's can why make. we did this show. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what you can do, what you can do is you can make the action film, the amazing, fantastic story of movie madness with a killer soundtrack, an amazing cinematography, and deep, rich characters. And you can make the film behind the podcast of Movie Madness coming to VHS this spring.
2: who, uh-huh, please, Hank? <laughs> well, I mean, only <laughs> Hank, Hank can really play. Ah, oh,
1: come on. I was going <laughs> to say Christian Slater. but oh, come enough. on. Ouch. 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 Fucking bitch. And yet you know
3: who's going to play you, baby. Julia Lewis? No, no, no. It's Big Boo from Orange is a New Black. Listen,
1: what if Movie Madness isn't even a podcast, right? What if it's not even a breakfast cereal? What if Movie Madness... Is an action extravaganza like Madden said Where like the movie Stay Tuned We all inadvertently get sucked into our microphones And into all these famous action movies we've seen So we're like running through fucking Nakatomi Plaza And then we dive out the window And we land in the pool outside of fucking Lethal Weapon When they're shooting the guy on top of the pool cover And all this shit Let's do that, that sounds fun
0: That's amazing I mean, I- that's, that's a YouTube opening right there <laughs>
1: Hey man, I'll film the green screen if you want to do the compositing. I can't be bothered to do the compositing.
0: As long as I get to do the thing with The Simpsons, you know, where it's like I am controlling my voice on the TV. <laughs> Dad, is you're ruining the is mood. my voice on TV? <laughs> Dad, you're ruining the mood. Sorry. Sorry.
2: <laughs> they
0: say that
1: I know exactly what we do, man. I'd be, I'd run through with like a fucking tattered vest covered in, like, blood and snot and stuff, and I'd jump through the window and die hard and fucking Wayne to be, like, riding by on a motorcycle, like, fucking shooting Terminators and shit, and Madden just stand there watching us, he'd be like, nope, not this one. He'd slide out to another world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's totally what I'd be doing. He'd go from Ready
0: Player
2: One to Ready Player Two.
0: Uh, well, either I would be sliding out to another world, or you'd just have me leap into another lifetime to put right what once went wrong. Because I, my work is now. I done.
1: did think it'd be so much fun <laughs> if we if we had that. What if what if we had? I kill Hans, and then it cuts back to me. And instead of me, it's you, and you're like, I think I'm done, Alan. And Danielle sitting there with a little mustache, <laughs> like, yeah, you good.
3: You're good to go, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that parody.
0: Oh, we we Should need to we do, do that. that to
1: I will say, and, I don't know if this will stay on the episode, Or if you want to cut it. But me and Wade have been talking about doing a video version of Movie Madness for special one-off episodes, where we're yes. gonna, we're going to have animation as well.
0: Um, well, you're you're. I, I presume that you're going to do your hundredth episode in front of a live studio audience.
1: <laughs> that would be fucking fun, would it? Because I I could all twelve I could make audience that happen. members will be there. I could make that happen. <laughs> You can do that <laughs> Yeah, do it Let's make that happen Yeah But we were talking about Doing special one-off You know, video episodes I think that sounds like A really fun episode We should do one Where it's actually Nothing but movie parodies And running through them Anyway, guys um, I think this has been A fun episode I've really enjoyed myself yeah. Have you guys enjoyed yourselves? Audience, yes. you'll have to let us know if you've enjoyed yourself by leaving comments or messages by sending us emails at moviemadness at deadrealfilms.com or by going to our website, deadrealfilms.com forward slash moviemadness where you can leave comments and talk to us directly, the people that you're listening to right
3: fucking now. And don't forget to use that promo <laughs> code to get thirty percent off that VPN.
1: The Wing Nudge VPN, you can get thirty percent off right now. <laughs>
2: oh, we about to would break you, the be, song? you fish?
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys, couldn't resist it.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, everybody, I've had a good time. You all have a great day. Everyone, take care. Go love some movies. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.